0: Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. I am. I swear to God, I feel like I forgot how to record a podcast. Like I know we've only been off for one week, but I'm like, wait, how do you do this? No, that's
1: how I feel too. And I feel like it's additionally weird because we haven't been together in so long. And so like it's even weird hearing your voice right now. And I feel like usually when we have off, we're together.
0: No, I would say this is the longest we have gone in maybe two years without seeing each other like are we even friends can we even do this of
1: course we can do it you want to know how i know we can do it because a we have a lot to talk about michael rubin white party wise but also like i could tell you were really missing me so i know how excited you are to be doing this right now
0: (laughs) i was really missing you do you think i was missing you more than you were missing me
1: no i don't think that's it you can be honest no, I no, I really don't. Think, I really don't think that's it. I think that you could sense that I probably was. You were just like giving me a little bit more attention than usual.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. I just could not wait to get back into the city and just walk and talk for actual hours.
1: I know. We, we have a lot to discuss.
0: Okay. So the first thing we're going to be talking about today is Michael Rubin's white party in the Hamptons. So just a moment of context for anyone unfamiliar with what we're talking about here. Michael Rubin is the CEO of Fanatics. He's a billionaire with an estimated net worth around $11 billion. And every year for the last three or so years, he throws this white party for 4th of July at his Bridgehampton estate. It's a $50 million property on the water, 8,000 square feet, seven bedrooms, all glass. I mean, it is an absolutely breathtaking property. We will obviously put links in the description for anyone who hasn't seen it. And as Julie said, you know, this is typically a very star-studded bash, but this year it was a whole other level. I mean, Guest list wise, we had Kim Kardashian, Haley Bieber, Justin Bieber, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Tom Brady, Leo, j and Ben, Usher, Travis Scott, Quavo, Jack Harlow, Emrata, Kevin Hart, Ellen Pompeo, James Harden. I mean, you name it, they were at this party. There was an estimated 350 guests in attendance, performances by Neo, Usher, Travis Scott, Jack Harlow. It was just the kind of thing where I could not get enough of this content.
1: I would say that I was refreshing my phone looking for content in a way that was probably comparable to refreshing for the Met Gala. And I think what is really crazy about it too is I don't think you really ever see this amount of star power in a non-organized event space. Like it's one thing for everyone to be at the Oscars, at the Met Gala, at the Golden Globes, whatever it is, of charity function. Like there's so many times that we see that amount of star power in a room. I just don't think it's that amount of times that we get insight into that amount of star power in someone's home.
0: Well, I think that's exactly what it is because it's not to say that there aren't these types of gatherings in people's homes with very, very famous people. It's just that typically those types of events or parties are not covered on social media in this way. You know, It's kind of frowned upon typically when you're at a party with Jay-Z and Beyonce to be posting about it. This, it actually seems to be the opposite. I would say, Posting on your Instagram story seems welcomed, which to your average person who's not one of the 350 people in attendance, that's the best news ever because you suddenly feel like you're a fly on the wall.
1: Yeah, and maybe it's because Michael Rubin is more of a businessman than a... a, celebrity himself and so the entire tone of the party feels a little bit different or maybe it's because you're watching this evolution of this party and how it's become such a thing like it really struck me when kim was there because i was like you flew out for this like you're not somebody who typically goes to the hamptons for july 4th weekend i think that in the past when we've seen it it's been like you know beyonce and jay-z yeah it's crazy to see them at an event but the idea of them being at michael rubin's white party even in its like first iteration of it wasn't crazy because. We know that they are in the Hamptons for the summer. We know that Jay-Z and Michael Rubin work very closely together. And so it's not the craziest thing, but for it to become this thing now that people are flying into the Hamptons for just for the weekend to go to Michael Rubin's party, it just,
0: you're like watching the evolution of it. No, I mean, it is a thing. And they bought this property in 2020. So it's not like this event at this home has been happening for so many years. This is maybe only the third year, but one thing I know for absolute sure is that this will be happening at this property for decades to come. And you're right. It's the kind of thing where you're looking forward to who's going to be there. It is not so dissimilar, although very dissimilar from the Met Gala. But I'll tell you right now, when Lori Harvey posted that TikTok and it was her, Haley, Kendall, Justine Sky, Kim, Lala, I was like, oh baby, let's fucking go. There was just something about it so true. Knowing that Kim flew in for this, that just felt like, oh, okay, we're in the big leagues now.
1: You know, I think the other thing is that Obviously, the Hamptons for July 4th weekend is inherently just going to be a very celeb-filled place. And there is going to be a lot of celeb-filled events. It's not like Michael Rubin's White Party is the only game in town. But for example, we got spottings of Leo and Gigi and, and reports firsthand about seeing them at a different party in Bridgehampton the night before. at David Rosenberg, who's a tech guy's house, he has a house in Bridgehampton, throws a party annually as well but there's no pictures of that. There's no videos of that. There's no in the moment content. And so it really contrasted the difference between what we would get at a normal celebrity house party that happens all the time and something like a Michael Rubin White party. And I actually think it's really impressive for Michael Rubin to be able to throw this party every single year, knowing that it's going to be very, put online, very photographed, and celebrities are still flocking to it because I think a lot of the people that are there usually shy away from that sort of thing. I mean, Beyonce
0: and Jay-Z namely. I mean, prime example of what you're saying is even just the way Jay-Z arrived to the party. He's not pulling up in a black Escalade the way he normally would. He is driving himself with a top-down Corey Gamble in the back and very much making his presence known. Like We don't see that. That is not the type of arrival that we see from people this famous. And I actually think what Michael Rubin has been able to do is make it so that even the coolest people clearly think that it's cool to be there. You know, like, yeah, of course we're getting the iPhone footage from people as Travis Scott is performing or Usher is performing, but we're also getting a full-blown professional movie, basically being made from videographers that are there. And I think every single person that is in that shot is happy to be in that shot. Like I think Tom Brady loves that he's making a cameo. I think Ben Affleck loves that he's making a cameo. It's just, it's unbelievable the way that he has been able to make this event such a thing to the point where even the coolest people there, I truly believe, think that it's cool to be there. I mean, first of all, Jay-Z, just to give a little bit of even
1: more added context, Jay-Z came from his mother's wedding, which was the night before or, or two nights before, to the Hamdens to be there for this party. Like This is so clearly a situation where they weren't missing that. And there's something so cool about throwing an event where like Jay-Z and Beyonce are just not going to miss
0: it. That is insane to me. I think the craziest POV in all of this is Michael Rubin's teenage daughter, Kylie, because We were saying, it's like, you know, growing up, your parents maybe threw a barbecue and you'd come downstairs and it's like the Rosenbergs and the Kleins and everyone's hanging out. POV, you are Kylie Rubin. You come downstairs from your bedroom and it's like, boom, Tom Brady in your living room, Justin Bieber and Haley on the patio, Kim Kardashian coming out of the powder room. Like, holy shit.
1: I can't comprehend that. Like my brain doesn't work in a way where like
0: I can understand that. Like I'm sure you saw Jonathan Cheban's story. It was all of the Nobu in the kitchen. I'm just imagining, you know, Kylie coming down a little bit early. She maybe wants to sneak a spicy tuna roll on her way outside, and she just runs into Beyonce, who may also just be eating a yellowtail. That is the craziest thing. There is a level of being connected and influence and all that. And then there's this. To me, this is honestly as high as it gets in terms of just being so interconnected in this world. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me... There is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found AstroPro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So AstroPro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. AstroPro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. And AstroPro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with AstroPro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can AstroPro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies.
1: You know what I do want to talk about? And not that I'm giving this much validity. I really don't know. But there was that small Dumas tip that came out about Kim and Tom Brady interacting in some capacity at the party.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, really take this with a grain of salt, but just for purpose of conversation. It was a tip Dumas posted. Subject was, quote, just friends. And it said, this A-list reality star was spotted being flirty, friendly, and chatting up that athlete at last night's party of a certain color out east. Friends, or maybe more.
1: I can so picture Kim going up to him and saying,
0: like, so I heard we're dating. Well, I was going to say, f- forget anything else, right? Like, I, there's no part of me that is saying that Kim and Tom Brady are going to hook up. We have had this discussion many times before, and I feel like you and I don't necessarily see it, even though I guess technically it could happen. But if you just read what this particular tip says, which again, take this all with a grain of salt A list reality star was spotted being flirty, friendly, and chatting up that athlete. Yeah, I'm sure she was. Like, to me, that part I fully believe because I can exactly envision Kim standing there with like a drink in her hand that she's probably not really drinking, maybe sipping it throughout the night, but locked in, being her flirty self. Like, I 1 million percent could envision that perfectly, whether or not anything even happened with them. And I'll say it, I thought that slice of white bread looked nice last night.
1: (laughs) He did. He did. He was in every picture. There was something, there was like the coastal whites on him were a good look and I don't typically feel that way. And so, yeah, I don't blame Kim for that. I don't think that there's much there. I would, I would be really shocked. I don't see their personalities necessarily meshing, but I mean, a little flirt at a Michael Rubin white party, who's going to stop
0: you? Well, I also think because our stance on this has always been like, just from the perspective of Kim, we don't necessarily see Tom Brady being someone she would be into. And I still stand by that. However, if there was ever going to be a time, it was that night. Like, I agree with you. That was his best, his most casual, seemingly relaxed self. I, I think that if we're ranking the times that she would be the most into him, it's so much more that than like the night after the Super Bowl.
1: I totally agree. You know what else was interesting? When Lori Harvey posted that TikTok and we posted it on our story, there were so many people that replied because Lori Harvey and Kim were both in it. And I guess if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard us both say mostly me about wanting Kim and Michael B. Jordan took up. And a lot of people replied to our story being like, I guess no Kim and Michael B. Jordan. I was like, "Whoa, let's not give up hope so quickly just because they're in a TikTok together.
0: No, I'm honestly so glad that people were replying that because I feel like that is the strongest argument to get you on my side, which is the side of, yeah, obviously Kim and Michael B. Jordan aesthetically would be unbelievable together, but like there is just no world that they're a match. And we do forget, I think, even in our discussions, we've forgotten the fact that Lori Harvey and Kim are friends. Uh, friends enough that they're pregaming at a house together for Michael Rubin's party. And I just don't think, aside from anything else, that Kim is the type to even engage with a guy that's like her friend's most recent ex, you know?
1: So you think Michael B. Jordan is boring? <laughs> But that's what you're saying, right? Because like you're like, oh, I don't think that they would mesh. But like, <laughs> you're only saying that based on the admission that you think Michael B. Jordan is boring. I, I mean, listen. Just say I think love Michael B. Jordan is boring. I mean, pull then, yourself out of the running. I'm not saying. <laughs> you think Mauricio is boring too? What are you
0: out of your fucking mind, Julie? Watch yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry, I rumors. Mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, Okay. Maybe is he a little bit boring? I don't know. All I'm saying is that there's no way, aside from anything else, there's no way now that confirmed, I forgot about Kim being friends with Lori Harvey, that she's going to do that. Kim like prides herself on being a girl's girl in that way. You know?
1: Uh, Yeah, maybe unless Lori Harvey's like, yeah, go for it. Like, but they're not, not best. It's not like it's Lala.
0: Well, I always felt with their relationship, Lori and Michael, that he was more into her than she was into him. So I could totally see her being a Kim. Like, you know what? Honestly, I swear to God, no hard feelings. Like it, it's worth it. It's a fun time, you know, S- see what you think. When Kim was on Haley's
1: What's in My Bathroom and she said she didn't want to say who her celeb crush is because she kind of wanted it to happen. Who do you think she was talking about? Michael B. Jordan. You think she's talking about Michael B. Jordan? No way. I don't know. But when we've spoken about Kim dating as, as we do every single week, like clockwork, I think that so much of our conversation about who she's going to date is looking outside of the realm of celebrity. She could be talking about like maybe Brad Pitt. I don't think so. Like, I just think that when we focus our efforts, it's so much more like outside of the world, a businessman, like a Michael Rubin type, uh, a Rich Paul type. But like for Kim to say she has a celebrity crush, like that zones us into celeb world.
0: Right, and for her to say that she doesn't want to say it because she actually wants it to happen.
1: But by the way, that implies the possibility of it happening, which means you then take away all of the people who are in serious relationships
0: or married. Right. No, I know. And there's not that many. It's just so funny because it's like, obviously I get that. Any normal person, when you have a legitimate crush and there's any possibility, you're of course not going to say it out loud. Specifically, you're not going to say it out loud on like a public platform, whether you're Kim Kardashian or anyone else, like most likely that's going to be your tactic. It's just, I guess, again, this is from my perspective. It's so funny for me to even hear Kim be like, you know, just because I want to make sure it happens. Like, I got news for you. You could fucking scream that on a megaphone in the middle of Times Square. It's going to happen. Like, to me, it's like, if you want it to happen, it's going to happen. What guy is going to be like, you know what? I don't know. You you, you kind of outed it. Like, I, I don't care how famous the person is. I think if Kim reaches out to them, at the very least, she's going on a date. I completely agree with you. I guess, I just think that's
1: not how she would want it to go down. No, of course. Although it is like kind of a power move. This would
0: never happen. But could you imagine if she like shot her shot publicly? I think that if she was younger, she maybe would.
1: Do you know, like that happens a little bit. Like For example, Tom Holland talking about how Zendaya was his celebrity crush. Like, I don't know if he had ever said that in an interview previously or if it's something that just came out now, but it wouldn't have been out of the question for him to throw it out in that way and like say that, she was his celebrity crush and then for it to come true. And I think that that's happened before Pete Davidson saying it about Ariana Grande. Like I, I think that if Kim was, I mean, although maybe she's in this phase of like, I'm older now, I don't give a fuck if he's my celebrity crush. And like, maybe I'll just do it as a power move. And one, he'll just get a TMZ notification to his phone that I'm into him. And that is like the craziest move that you can
0: make. So here's my thing on that. It's not that I disagree with you that she's in this phase of fuck it, I'm going to do what I want, because I very much feel that she is. It's that I think Kim is very much the type in like romantic situations where she wants to be pursued. Totally. I think it would be a turnoff for her, you know, and not even because that's what she's used to. I think she really likes a guy that is going to take that initiative. You know, so that's more what I think it is. Not even because she would never do it in the sense of like, I agree, she's in this era of anything goes. She just wants to have fun. I just think that would be a turnoff for her. You know what's funny to think about?
1: You know how we were talking a couple of weeks ago about the concept of Kim having like reply guys, but like them being celebrities? Yeah. A hilarious thing is the amount of guys that could have DM'd Kim the article about her having a celebrity crush and been like, is this me? That's like some
0: shit that OG Kanye would pull, though.
1: I don't know if he would. He was like, a, yeah, maybe. Uh, he was a little bit more chasing of her than, than being a reply guy, which is different,
0: which is different. No, but I'm saying, let's say that article came out, right? I, couldn't you have seen him back in the days when he was coming into Dash, sending it to her and being like, so this is about me? Yeah, I kind of can.
1: Who do you think would do it now?
0: Okay, honestly, and I know we've gone down this rabbit hole before and come to the unfortunate conclusion that like, this will just never happen. However, when you provide me with that scenario, my immediate first reaction is like, that is so some Drake shit.
1: Yeah. And I, I actually don't doubt that because I think they have the type of like, fun, flirty relationship where it's almost safe to flirt with each other because it's the understanding of that it's not going to happen. And so I actually, yeah, I could see that. I could totally
0: see that. Oh. You know what? It's so much better, not as a text. It's so much better as like POV or Kim, right? You're opening your DMs and it's like Champagne Poppy sent you TMZ's story. And it's like him sending that story with that message. I would do anything when I tell you literally anything to just have her phone for a day. What's the show where they
1: jump into the map like Dragon Tales? Like I need to jump into Kim's DMs.
0: Yes. Like, I don't need to just look at them. I need to be in them. Yes. I want to be one with the DMs. I literally want to live in that primary inbox. I want to,
1: Magic School Bus, Mrs. Frizzle, take me into Kim's DMs, into the request, into, oh
0: my God, that is my fucking dream. Take me into the hidden request, Julie.
1: I mean, (laughs) there's no way you would have time to go through that.
0: This alternate reality, there is no time. Time stands still for this mission. That is so beautiful. Also, wait, total side note. Did you guys see, I'll put the link in the description, Kanye's ex, like his most recent ex, Shawnee Jones, she was also Michael Rubin's White Party and her and Kim coincidentally were in the same outfit. I did see that. And I
1: don't think I, I think I saw that there was a outfit repeat and I don't think I registered right away that that's who it was. That's who it was. That is, that's crazy. (laughs) What a coincidence. I guess there's only so many white outfits to wear. Yeah. You know what the white party has the vibe of? It, it has a very similar vibe of Diddy's white party where it's like biggest celebrities in the game. Everybody is there. Everybody is having a good time, but also it's very public. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of professional photos that go out. It was a very similar
0: vibe to me. I love color scheme party because assuming that it's a color that looks good on you, it takes so much of the guesswork out of it. You know, like it. it there is something nice about having your options be automatically limited. Do not ever invite me to a yellow party. I would fuck with the white party though, no?
1: Duh. Do you know how tan we both are right now?
0: Invite me to a baby blue party and it is game fucking over. Here's, no, let me know I'm not up. going to a baby Invi- blue party with you. <laughs> invite me to a baby blue party and make sure Jake Hall is there. Now we're talking.
1: What place I'm staying all that weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever baby blue party you're getting invited to.
0: I just, I'm so glad we're back. can't believe I thought that I forgot how to do a podcast. I knew this would be like Ryan the fucking bike. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Okay, there's obviously so much to talk about with everything going on with Kyle Richards and Mauricio, and this is really something we're going to dive deep into on the Bravo episode on Thursday because... This is like me and Isabel's bread and butter. We have been sending each other content nonstop and she is in so deep. I mean, Isabel's been deep diving this for weeks way before it ever really kind of came out in this way. Julie and I did just want to briefly mention it because it feels like that big of a deal. So for anyone unaware, yesterday the report came out from people, Kyle Richards and Mauricio Umansky have separated after 27 years of marriage. A source close to the pair tells people, quote, Kyle and Mauricio have been separated for a while now, but are still living under the same roof. They remain amicable as they figure out what's next for them and their family. So that was yesterday. And then today, July 4th, Kyle and Mauricio released a joint statement that said, in regards to the news that came out about us today, any claims regarding us divorcing are untrue. However, yes, we've had a rough year, the most challenging one of our marriage, but we both love and respect each other tremendously. There's been no wrongdoings on anyone's part. Although we're in the public eye, we ask to be able to work through our issues privately. While it may be entertaining to speculate, please do not create false stories to fit a further salacious narrative. Thank you for the love and support, Kyle and Mauricio. And we know for a fact they were celebrating July 4th together as a family in Aspen, but there's just so much here and like Isabel and I will really deep dive it, but there's been speculation about this for a while now not only because of a little bit of a change in Kyle's social media pattern in terms of the way that she was posting about him or really not posting about him, which I know is not something we typically like to lean into, but with her specifically, it always has been, you know, overwhelmingly praising of him. And then all of a sudden that kind of started to roll back. But also there is this woman, Morgan Wade, who is a musician that Kyle has become very friendly with in the last year or two. And like there's so much here that I promise we'll get more into on Thursday, but basically there have been rumors for the last few months that potentially, Kyle and her are hooking up. Like, There's there's so, so, so much. People have really, really deep dove this in a way that we're not going to fully because I think some of the speculation feels a little bit invasive. However, I just want to say my stance on this and then tell me what you think. Regardless of anything going on with potentially Morgan or anything else, I definitely believe that the news of the separation is 100% real. Whether or not they're getting divorced in this moment Maybe is untrue, but there's no worlds in which that would have come out to people if that's not the case.
1: I think a million percent too. And I think that her statement kind of backs that up. And what's interesting is that the first initial people report was of separation. It didn't say divorce in the people report. Then other reports started to come out using the word divorce. And so I think the people report came from her camp or a very close source and was 100% accurate in terms of the quote separation. I think that what Kyle is now responding to and Mauricio is now responding to in this joint statement is the word divorce, because I think that they're actively probably trying to avoid that at all costs now. And I think that they, now that it's come out, I think actually what happened is that switched to repair mode.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have a million thoughts on this. This was the kind of thing that like shook me to my fucking core because I know we had been talking about this for weeks now. I know it was a thing that people had kind of caught onto, but For some reason, I just felt like they were the couple that no matter what, they were in it for the long haul. And so I I don't know. It just I really feel like it kind of rocked the Bravo world. Although I do stand by, and I mean, we've said this before and been so wrong so many times before, probably most famously when Kim and Connie announced their divorce and you and I were on this podcast, like, you know what? One thing we know for a fact, it will be very amicable, like at least for the sake of the kids, which... Obviously, that could not have been less true. I can't believe we said that. I know. I can't fucking believe we said that in retrospect. However, I really do believe that with them, regardless of how it all plays out and what ends up happening, at least publicly, it will be nothing but pure respect for one another. And honestly, aside from the fact that I do think they have it for each other, because of the kids, which I know we said about Kim and Connie, but like I really feel that way with them. I I do not think this is going to be the kind of thing that at least publicly is going to be messy. I don't think so either. I I completely agree. It's it's totally different than Kim and Kanye. It's
1: impossible to compare those two things. Um but yeah, I mean the whole thing is is it's crazy. Like I I think that it's even one where obviously for you and Isabel being so immersed in the Bravo world, there's always that understanding of like what's a big deal in the Bravo world. I think that sometimes it takes a second when you see the rest of the internet start to react and then realize the way that everybody else is responding to it. And this was one where like right off
0: the bat, as soon as it happened, it was crazy in
1: any sort of pop culture world
0: and the Bravo world. No, I mean, it's a really big deal. First of all, they've been together for 27 years, but also the life that they are currently living is not the life they've always lived, which not to say he hasn't always done well, she hasn't always done well. They've of course been fine, but what's gone on with his company, the agency in the last few years, I think has propelled them to a whole other level of of wealth. And so as a viewer of Housewives of Beverly Hills, you know, you've watched that journey. And I just think it, it in addition to everything else, of course, the, the most important thing, which is their family and, you know, the bond they have and the love they've shared, of course, all of that is the most important, but also it just feels like the stakes are even higher. <laughs> and I know in the scheme of things, this is not the most important, but it is a very well-known fact that they do not have a prenup. And so- As this all plays out, you know, I think that that will be interesting. I just, I don't know. I just wish them a a lot of peace in navigating this process because, regardless of how you feel about them, I do think one thing for sure is that they have infused their family and their kids with a lot of love. And I hope that that like sense of love and family and and support maintains. And I really feel hopeful that it will. We'll dive more into it on the Bravo episode because I know Isabel has a lot of thoughts and I have a lot more thoughts. And some of those are influenced by the show, which I know you don't watch, but yeah. We, we just had, we had to acknowledge this. This is like, this is wild. It's crazy. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Okay, this is not news. It's just something that has been on my mind, and I feel like if anyone gets it, it's you guys. So as we know, Jennifer Lawrence has been on a press tour for her new movie, No Hard Feelings. She's done Watch What Happens, Chicken Chop Date, Hot Ones, Vanity Fair, a bunch of others. And I just have to tell you, if you were to ask me number one girl crush in this moment, Jennifer Lawrence has taken... Kate Hudson's spot for number one, which for me is unheard of. Wow, I can't blame I you for that.
1: I cannot blame you for that. I so 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 get it, and I honestly I agree. I saw No Hard
0: Feelings. M, we have to see it together. I was cackling. It's like so my kind of movie, right? Just like an easy watch, take an edible, have a good time, nothing too serious. Exactly, exactly that. You know what? I have to tell you also,
1: as I'm watching her on all of these press tours. And I'm reminded of her personality because keep in mind also, she had kind of disappeared from the public eye for a minute. This is the first thing she's done in a while. This is the first press tour she's been on. And so I think that I forgot how funny she was. And I think I forgot just how immersed in pop culture she is because you forget because she's not on social media. So the whole time I'm watching her, I'm like, I would do anything for you to join social media. You would be the best commenter in the
0: game. She would change the game for us, Instagram wise. I'm not kidding. Like, I think it would be no, the kind would. of thing where, yes, yeah, sh- no, no, she really would. I'm almost mad at her. I know. Her first comment would go so viral. And I could see her doing it on like Chris Jenner, you know, something like that. Ugh. I think it'll happen. I don't, I, I'm not ruling it out. I just, she's clearly not ready for it. But she already has a Finsta. She's well enough acquainted. I think one day she's going to say, fuck it. I think she's going to do a movie that's so big that they, are going to say, this is the time that you launch your account, you know, in promotion of this movie. And that, oh my God, that is going to be a day, Julie. Uh, from your mouth to God's ears. Also, and I know everyone has been talking about this, but I just have to acknowledge it. Whoever is doing her Botox is. Oh my God. It, right? Like it's so good because it's not that she's expressionless, it's just, it's perfect. And you know what it is too? Is that.
1: Every celebrity is Botox. But it is so unbelievable for people to look at videos of her and have it be a takeaway about how good the work is. You never hear that with celebrities. It's always like, oh, they botched it. Or like, oh, it doesn't look right. Or something's off. You never hear, oh my God, we can tell you how to work. And it's fucking
0: excellent. No, you're so right. It is so rare that that's the takeaway. And for at least from what I've seen, that's the overwhelming takeaway. Definitely. Okay. So obviously we were off last week. So we missed Kardashian's episode five, which honestly, and we didn't plan it like this because... We took this date off months ago. We had no idea what episode it was going to be. It ended up being the perfect episode to take off because I would say if I'm ranking them, this was a little bit more of a filler episode. Do you agree? Yes, definitely. Like we didn't get the Kim and Courtney conversation. We of course got some side discussion about it, but we didn't get the real interaction. We didn't see, you know, Kim breaking down to Chloe. That will all hopefully be happening next week. So we're not going to really recap that, but just a few things that we did want to mention because because obviously. because duh <laughs> yeah I mean Kim at the DMV with Chris Appleton and Ariel behind the counter approving the photo is like yeah that's that's my president I know that this was a filler episode and I know
1: that scene was kind of like dumb-ish and obviously they had Kim's birthday and in the in and out which I, I want to talk about its own but like that was exactly the type of shit that's like a little bit fillerish that I could watch hours and hours of. Like, that is my favorite
0: content. Well, it's because it's all of our favorite things. You know, number one, just understanding the logistics of how they do any task, specifically one as mundane as going to the DMV to get your license updated. But also the concept we talk about so frequently, which is the combination of complete unrelatability and then also relatability. You know, yes, getting your license picture at the DMV, very relatable activity. Shutting down the DMV and bringing your entire glam team just to hear the best picture, potentially the least relatable thing ever. And the combination of the two, to me, is what makes such great TV. It's magic. I mean, in terms of the Courtney and Kim stuff, again, this is all just a lead up. I would say the most insight we got is probably in Courtney's confessional, but really in her conversation with Simon and Chloe, because, you know, you can tell for her, this is deep rooted. And she acknowledges the fact that it's partially because they're 18 months apart and some of the way that they were raised. And really a lot of her deeply rooted feelings towards Kim. And I think just uh, honestly how she feels that Kim operates, not only with her, but just how kind of she interacts with the world. And like, the best way that I can put it is, obviously they love each other, but they don't really like each other. Like Corny doesn't really like who Kim is, you know? No, and you know,
1: when they were fighting about the Dolce & Gabbana and the logistics of whether or not Kim should have done it or who should have called who or how the communication should have gone. Like that was easier to analyze, right? Like we knew there was a lot of deep-seated sister shit going on there. That was no secret. But just in terms of the logistics of that fight, that was easier as an outsider to like break down and have an opinion on. It's getting into the territory with this fight where it's like, there is so much shit here that you guys haven't worked through and and so much shit here from your childhood that's now manifesting itself in a way where like, you guys can't stand to be near each other. Like the Dolce and Gabbana thing was just a catalyst for being able to actually get out all of these feelings. Like the the things that Courtney says about Kim are like, even in your biggest fight, you may throw those things in the anger and in the moment back at Kim's face, back at your sister's face, to really be like marinating on it and sitting on it and thinking about it, and then regurgitating in conversation after a lot of thought and like. Saying this is who Kim as a person, this is who she is to her core, these are all the terrible negative things about her. Like, that's some shit that's been with you for a really long time, that there's nothing Kim can do to change your opinion of her in that way.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. It's it really has nothing to do with Dolce and Gabbana. It's giving them an outlet to be able to express some of these frustrations. I mean, you know, when Courtney's in her confessional and she's saying that everything the family does is so interconnected and she really wants to have her own identity. And she's saying, you know, I want to have my own friends. I want to have my own family. Like, you know, we've spoken a lot in the last few years, really, I would say more so in the last year about Courtney's life with Travis and how he, the rest of the, it's not a secret, you know, the rest of the siblings have said that she, she has kind of created this separation, not in a negative way. You know, she really just wants to spend time with Travis and their kids and and create that little bubble, but. I guess in my mind, a lot of that was like, she was just so overtaken by this fairy tale love and this family she's creating. And like, that's where her attention was going. When she was saying in her confessional, she really explains how intentional that was, not only because she intentionally is choosing to spend time with them, but she's intentionally choosing to not spend the same kind of time with the Kardashian side of the family. I'm not saying it's a forever thing, but you can tell like, establishing this own family is not just because of everything she went through with Scott and and wanting this safe space it's because she has a lot of resentment towards the way that the kardashians operate and she's not shy about it and by the way like that's her truth and she should feel completely valid in in saying that and feeling that way it just it, i don't know for some reason that one confessional gave me a little bit more insight It's like what I, it's kind of like what I thought, but like, I didn't know if I was just thinking it because that's been my view. She fully
1: said it. Yeah. I mean, I thought the comment about like, I want my own family was interesting considering it was
0: a fight with your sister. Like I didn't know exactly how to interpret that fully. There's a lot here. I mean, we're going to really see more of it, I guess, next week or the week after. I'm so looking forward to that conversation. But I was thinking about, it was last week or two weeks ago when Kim was like, you know, it's all going to come out on the show. The show is our therapy. Like, of course she was saying that kind of jokingly, but I do believe that they don't go to therapy as a family. Like, I really do believe probably doing the show is probably one of their most therapeutic outlets in a very interesting way. And like, this is the kind of thing where, forget about this recent fight. Therapy would probably do them well. Forget about individually as a group. You know, like, it's, it's just so interesting to me that like, And I I can't say this for a fact, but I don't think it's the kind of thing where they're going on a weekly or a monthly basis, even as a check-in. And it just feels like, forget about what's going on with them recently with, of course, how famous they are now. Think about the shit that they've been through as a family. You would think that maybe would have been something that they would do, given the fact that, of course, they've had the access to be able to do it. And Courtney specifically, you know, has been very open to it. And she goes herself. As you're saying that,
1: I'm curious if that's something that Courtney has asked of them that hasn't necessarily been fulfilled i'm really i wonder that you know i have to say also to point out the obvious which is the thing that everybody in our dms were saying and everybody on twitter was saying which is like there was so much irony in that scene of courtney talking about how much she wanted individuality and how much she craved it and how she wants the separation and she wants to have something that's just hers while sitting there in a look that is so kim balenciaga in the all black and black gloves
0: there was just so much irony behind that it was almost comical I know, I know. I was like thinking to myself, I, you didn't plan this. <laughs> you shouldn't think that one through.
1: Right. And like, you, you know, it, it's funny listening to the way that Courtney talks about Kim and the way that Kim talks about Courtney because it, I think that when you're in a fight, with especially your sister, you're not thinking about how much is on the record. Like you're thinking about what you're feeling in the moment and throwing out kind of what sticks and what you are feeling, whether or not there is so much validity or so much truth behind it. It's what you are feeling in the moment. But what's interesting about the Kardashians is like there's so much video and content in your lives that exist where like you can then be fact checked. Like, for example, when Courtney says, um, you know, Kim, she doesn't even look up with her phone. It's so insufferable to have a conversation with her. And it's like in the back of your mind as a watcher, you're then thinking of the episode where Kim and Chloe are talking about how they can't have a conversation with Courtney because she never looks up at her phone. And the whole premise of the episode is them putting Courtney in different situations to have a conversation with her to prove the fact that she won't look up from her phone.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is both like the biggest blessing and biggest curse if you are somebody involved in this type of like a familial argument to have so much documentation of both your wins and also your flaws. Especially for Kim, who is the self-proclaimed queen of keeping receipts. She didn't even have to do much work to get these. I know now it seems like things are a little bit better with them, whatever. I'm telling you right the fuck now, I think Kim was loving all of the tweets and memes of Courtney wearing the gloves, saying that like oh, I don't know yeah. who she was sending it to. I'm not saying she was sending it to Chloe, but she was sending it to Tracy. Like <laughs> she was sending it to someone. A million percent. You know, another thing from this episode that I think is worthy of mentioning. I know we're really not doing a recap, but just a few things to point out. This conversation between Kim and Chris, which is kind of a continuation of what Kim was saying. I guess it was last episode or a few episodes ago, where. She's in the makeup chair with Scott and North, and she's talking to Scott about how she feels like her mom has a lot of guilt for kind of how famous they are and some of the hardships and blessings, of course, but some of the hardships they've had to endure as a result of that. And here she's having this real heart to heart with Chris, where she's, you know, kind of saying to her, listen, you didn't make us do this. We wanted this and you just helped us get there. It's just, and I know we said this when we were talking about the scene with her and Scott from last week or two weeks ago, like, I did not realize, I swear to you, until these episodes that that was even a thing. Like, the way that they're talking about it here, it feels that this has very much been an ongoing thing with Chris where she expresses kind of a lot of guilt and it's something that bothers her. And I I feel that and I feel that for her. I just truly was not aware of that. That wasn't like a conversation I knew was happening.
1: Yeah, I wasn't either. And I think so much of it is Chloe related and... There's a comment that Chris makes also about how they get blamed for everything, which, as I was thinking about it, it is crazy. Like there's there's there is so much blame on them for certain things. And there's things that are very specific in terms of the situation with Tristan. Like Kim says, yeah, like Chloe's to blame for Tristan having a baby with somebody else or Chloe's to blame for this. But also like the larger conversation that we'll probably see in a couple of episodes because we haven't gotten it yet, where Kylie says, like, we need to have a serious conversation about the beauty standard we're setting. Like, it, it is crazy for Kris Jenner to like be parenting and managing these kids and helping them rise to fame, and then also one day be slapped in the face with like, "You are now responsible for controlling the beauty standard." Which, whether or not it's true, it's a lot to put on a person and a family.
0: Well, I, yeah, I mean, by the way, your comment about thinking that it's very Chloe specific, I very much agree with that. Like, I so 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 think that if there was ever a time that this feeling of guilt or you know potential regret for doing what she's done was intensified it was it's probably directly correlated to when Chloe's in her darkest time mentally
1: and I think it's very Kanye related too. Like I built you guys up. You guys were got famous enough to the point where one of the most famous rappers in the entire world was pursuing you in such a way. You got married, you had kids, you built this incredible life. And now this person who married you because you were famous, he wouldn't have known you existed if you weren't is now causing you so much anguish, also things that you're getting blamed for. Why isn't Kim stopping Kanye from speaking? What is Kim doing about this? How is she speaking to her kids about this? What is Kim going to say? Like, there's a lot that then falls on them in terms of blame in that scenario too.
0: You know, there's a lot here. I just felt that this particular conversation, specifically it being Kim and Chris when discussing this topic, given that objectively Kim is just the most famous and I think out of anyone, like, yeah, the family's famous, but her fame is risen to a level that none of them could have ever comprehended. it. I don't know. I found it to be fascinating. But the one last thing, of course, we have to mention is the Usher concert that never was until it was, as we know a little bit later. But just watching this behind the scenes was so great.
1: The feeling that I got from watching Kris Jenner take all of her daughter's friends to in and out pay for them and have all of them walk out, say Chris, like as if she was a mom taking her normal kids out was like something that I could never put into words.
0: It was so crazy because it felt like after you had a softball game or a soccer game when you're in middle school and your dad shook everyone to Dairy Queen and like, you know, he paid for the whole thing, which maybe was $50 for the whole team. And it's like, Everyone's walking out, like, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Like, that's exactly what it felt like. This is what what is going on here? By the way, talk about a fucking POV that'll knock Kylie Rubin's socks off. POV, <laughs> you are eating a burger in In and Out. And Chris, Kim, Chloe, Malika, Steph walk in dressed on their way to Usher and ordering a fucking cheeseburger well done with extra onions. I mean, I, by the way, I have never once been to In-N-Out when I'm not absolutely tripping off of an edible. Like, I, I, I think I would have passed out. I don't know what I would have
1: done. I would have thought I was hallucinating. there's no way that if I was sitting in In-N-Out, if you and I were sitting there together, tripping on an edible, eating an In-N-Out burger, we saw them all walk in, that you would have been able to convince us that it really happened. Like, we would have been walking around for a week straight being like, remember we were so high that we hallucinated that Kim and Chris and all of their friends walked in? We would, have ne- we would have never believed that really happened.
0: We would have been like that meme where it's like, all right, grandma, let's get you
1: to bed. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but you know what else is like so interesting? I was watching with somebody who, who watches the episode, but obviously isn't like as deep in it as we are. And she was like, is it weird that Courtney's not there? And I was like, it's both weird and not weird
0: at all, which also makes it even weirder. It's literate to me, it's like the least weird thing ever because it's no secret that Courtney's not in the group chat. And I don't think she wants to be in the group chat. Like she has her friends. She has f- some of the friends that were there also overlap with her, like Steph, for example, but that's not her friend group. And so it's, you're right. It's not weird, but like some could argue that it's weird that it's not weird. Although I maintain, I don't think Kim wanted her there and I don't think Courtney had any desire to be there. I wonder... If they weren't fighting, like if they were just normal, no, right? Which is weird. That's weird. But I I think it's the kind of thing where like Courtney would just rather be with Travis and her kids. She doesn't need to go to Vegas for the night to celebrate Kim. Like I don't think that's enjoyable to her.
1: Yeah. I I was going to say, because then it's a conversation of like, well, does it have to be enjoyable for you to do something for what your sister's doing for her birthday? But like, yeah, I mean, like, listen, also like we're not giving Kendall and Kylie shit for not going. To me, there's no shit to be given. I'm not giving her shit. I'm just like exploring the, the it, it, to me, it's a little weird for her not to go. But like, it's, it's not weird. because She
0: was never going to go. I don't even think she was invited. Yeah, but that's the point. Like, is it weird? Julie, it's not like she wasn't at the birthday dinner. Like, of course, the family birthday dinner with the inner circle. Of course, she's at. This felt like a girl's trip that is with, you know, a trip that made it out the group chat. It's not weird that. Simon's not there. Like this is their one group chat trip, but it's not only the group chat. Like Chris isn't in the group
1: chat. Chris was there. Malika and Khadija aren't in the group chat. Yeah, but Chloe is planning
0: it. Of course, Malika and Khadija were going to be there,
1: right? But isn't that funny that you're saying? Like, I, I mean, listen, I'm agreeing with you. Like, we're not fighting about this. I agree with you. Like, Courtney wouldn't have been there, but like the Courtney, Kim, and Chloe that we knew years ago. Would Courtney would never have not been invited in that? Ne- never have not been included. Like that is the clearest example of the way things have changed. So 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 clearly is like it's not even a thought that she would be there. Five years ago, I mean maybe maybe not five but ten definitely a hundred million percent that would have never happened without Courtney being there. They celebrated all of their birthdays together.
0: But that's what I'm saying to you. If we're talking about this in the context of ten years ago, yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's just in recent years this has become the norm. And I, I, I guess like I don't think it is that crazy because of how clear it is that Courtney and Kim, although they deeply, deeply love each other, they don't necessarily like each other. And if they weren't siblings, they probably wouldn't be friends. Whereas like Kim and Chloe, siblings or not, they probably would be friends. And so to me, this just felt like a friends trip that Chloe was planning. Yes, I understand Chris was there, but. The same reason it's not weird that Kendall and Kylie probably weren't included. I don't think it's weird that Courtney wasn't included. I only think that it's weird if we think about it in the context of what their relationship used to be as a trio. It's just simply not that anymore. Not saying it could never be again, but it's just not at this moment. I don't know. I I I actually think like in all things considered, there's something. I really I swear I'm not trying to do that thing where like I put a positive spin on it. Like I, I genuinely believe there's something to be said for like getting to the point where you can make like those choices can be made and it doesn't have to be. A, a deal breaker or like this massive thing it's just kind of an understanding which is almost worse right it depends how you look at it like it's so apathetic maybe I I don't know maybe my read is off I just think that like it has been so clear in the last few years that for what is really like a friend's thing yeah if it's Courtney and Kim Courtney's probably not going to be there I wonder the real question here's the real question If the roles were reversed and Kim was doing this for Chloe, would Courtney be invited?
1: Yes. Right, so that tells you all you need to know. I'm not arguing, by the way, that it is weird that it's the case. I understand that it's the case. Like, I understand the way the relationship has evolved. I wouldn't have expected Courtney to be there. I understand the friend thing. Like, I understand if you're looking at the way the relationship has evolved over the years that, like, of course, Courtney wasn't going to be there, and it's not weird that she's not there. The point that I'm making is it's weird that it's not weird. Yeah, you know what makes me so happy, by the way, just to like switch off the off the the subject for a second, is when Kris Jenner uses the word "delicious" as a descriptive term. It makes me feel warm inside in a way that I I I don't I don't have words for. I could listen to Kris describe when she said your heart is so delicious. I was like, thank you. I needed to hear that today.
0: And I love the way that Kim loves her. Oh my god, there is so much family dynamic here. I'm obsessed. No, there's so much. I cannot wait for next week. But honestly, if we were going to miss a week, like, thank God it was that one. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But as I said on the episode last week, we have like finalized our weeks off for the rest of the year and it will not be during the rest of the Kardashian season. Like, our next week off isn't until sometime in August when Kardashians is over. So that's the only episode that we will miss. Thank God. Thank God. My God. Okay, well, I think that is all. We love you guys. We are so happy to be back. I, I gotta tell you, honestly, like this week off just could not have come at a, at a better time. It was it was touch and go there for a second. I, I know. <laughs> felt like we really needed this mentally. Like it was just I'm so grateful that we were able to take that week. And I hope everyone had a relaxing weekend and I just, I'm I'm so glad to be back and we love you guys. We'll see you later this week for Bravo and for Kardashians. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be. Meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do wanna conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I wanna introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, From ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits, they're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.